My name is Chris, and I'm here to say this is the podcast introduction. And I ramble a whole bunch, and I stammer, and I'm just going to just uh, straight up just talk just before the podcast, like I'm introducing something. This episode has one moment where the door gets open, and it's like, whoops. And then another moment where somebody comes in to start their, their day, and the phone rings. So it's full of like little things that just happen in, in studios, so it makes sense. I really enjoyed the chat. Like These visits are one of my favorite part of my week, and this week's going to have a few of them. So I hope you enjoy, and if you feel so inclined, it always helps a ton if it gets shared on social media. Um, if you really like my podcast, always feel free to send me a message. Feel strongly encouraged to send me a message, because honestly, on my end, I look at the screen and it's like, oh... 60 people from Canada listen to it. I don't know if it's like my mom and dad just press and repeat over and over or what. So, I mean, if you listened, let me know. Because it's really, really nice to know somebody somebody's on the other side. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to episode 48 of the Lifestyle Chase. Here I am joined by Jamie McKaig Raber. Reaver. 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 There we go. Okay. I got You're so it. focused Eventually. on the McKeg that you... <laughs> I was like, I'll get one of them right. Yeah, no, no worries. So how's your day going so far today? Good, good. Uh, I've been at the studio since 6.15. We have, hmm. a, we have a sunrise yoga class that I teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I went for coffee with one of my students slash friends and crushed some paperwork and now I'm here with you. Nice. When do you have to wake up in the morning? Mm, um, I have to be up four mornings of the week at five, but I'm a, a natural early riser, so I'm usually up between four and four thirty. Cool. Yeah. How long have you had that as your routine for when you wake up? Um, definitely more consistently since January. Um, I used to only teach six a.m. yoga twice a week at my Leduc location. Uh, and then we switched it to three times a week. And now I do two times a week in Leduc and two times a week here. Plus, um, I've included, since January, a pretty um, consistent workout and running schedule along with my classes. So uh, I would say that's that's normal is four times a week. That being said, Saturdays and Sundays when I am allowed to sleep until seven or eight, I wake up at four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning baths have become my new like self love. <laughs> I understand that. I've I've had to implement procedures like that for myself. Um, if you could compare the cultures of like the Leduc studio and the downtown studio, how how would they compare? Oh wow! Uh, so our community is so different at each location. Uh, both of them are beautiful. Um, but we like we have two different sets of social media for each of them because how we market to each of them is different. Um, our downtown location is um, a little bit on the younger business professional side or students. 
uh, we are, I would say like our median age is like early 30s, late 20s, whereas our Leduc location, um, people have already moved out of Edmonton. So now they're they're in Leduc, they're settled down, they're more family oriented, um, still obviously business professionals, but our like our age is so varied that we have students to, I think our oldest member is maybe 78 and or some somewhere along there anyways but um they're they're quite dedicated whereas our downtown location we have a dedicated community but we're like the we complement people's workout routines we complement the runners we complement the crossfitters we complement um the ex-warriors and the spartan racers they come here for their downtime whereas in leduc we are their workout um if they run if they do crossfit and stuff like that um, they're they're still very dedicated to their yoga practice. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a shift in mentality and what brings them to their mat. And it's it's pretty neat actually. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you say that because like I've come here for a few classes, mostly using like my Fitset membership. Yeah. And it's always been to like be my downtime or to complement what I'm doing like outside of yoga. Mm-hmm. And that's just that what is what yoga is for me. It's like when. Usually, I correlate yoga with times of stress. Yeah. When I'm, like, really stressed, yoga is kind of, like, my back pocket trick that I utilize that not a lot of people do. Like, certainly someone who practices yoga regularly will. But then there's other trainers, not to say that trainers don't do yoga, but a lot of trainers don't do yoga as often as what they could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a... The thing that I find the most helpful is the breathing cues done in yoga are concise. They're very clear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't be reminded to breathe more. In, like, we can't be reminded enough times. Yeah. Like, there, there's not too many ways to cue how to just, like, get oxygen into your system and relax and sort of get back to that baseline so you're not always like firing on all cylinders mm-hmm. and the mobility is great as well yes yeah it um it definitely helps even so i've uh started to really create a more focused workout routine in the last year and for myself like i come from it from yoga so now to switch to focusing a lot of energy into running and into weightlifting um, and boot camps and such. And now I'm like, oh, wow, like I need yoga in a completely different capacity than what I used to need yoga. Yeah. But I still need yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has like their thing that's like in their wheelhouse, like they can never sort of leave. Mm-hmm. Like for myself, a lot of people ask like why I just keep going to spin classes. And I think it's just something that I can't really leave. Like doesn't like matter. Pillar. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah what kind of got me in the industry and it kind of keeps me grounded yeah and it's where I've met a lot of my closest friends Mm -hmm. what was your first yoga class like my first yoga class so I used to work in at a spa in Sherd Park and there was a yoga studio that was right behind us um and some of the girls that I worked with, they kept going to hot yoga. Kept go- and I was like, what is this? And I had done yoga when I was 17. Um, I used to teach Pilates, actually, when I was 17 in Fort McMurray. And then I would go to yoga, but I didn't really get it. Like, it didn't land. Um, so when they were talking about going to hot yoga, I was like, oh, well, another accelerated version of something. Let's do that. And I remember my first class walking in 
and it was dark and it was serene and we all moved together and everyone was breathing and I sweat so much, like more than I've ever sweat in my life. And I remembered like laying there being like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to teach this one day. But I, I didn't go to yoga for um, any like spiritual reason. I didn't start it. I had a shoulder injury and someone was like, yeah, do yoga because you're, you're just breaking yourself at the gym more. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I think I was like 22 or 23 when I took my first class so uh and now uh, like I can't even live without it I'm like oh I was such a cranky person before <laughs> and now I'm like oh I'm not as cranky what was your first thing that you did to get into fitness was it because you're saying you were doing Pilates before right yeah so uh again so I'm actually originally from Fort McMurray and when I was 16 um a gym called uh Phoenix Fitness and Tanning opened up near my house and I I think I was working at like Superstore or something before that. And I was like, oh, I want to work closer to home. Working at a gym would be cool. Um, and so I started working front desk. And then I ended up managing, I think by the time I was 17, I was managing the gym. So then I, uh, yeah, started teaching Pilates and became a massage therapist. And then just kind of all spitfired from there. That's crazy. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson that you learned in like your first year of being in the fitness industry? Oh, wow. Um, that was a really long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to find it so fascinating, uh, especially working at a gym in Fort McMurray. Um, the differences in purpose for why people went to the gym. And for myself, like I... Like I... I would work out with bodybuilders because that's who was working out when I would work out and like I could learn so much from them but at the same time I would work out with non-bodybuilders who are more cardio focused and be like well this is what my body needs as well and there was just like in all honesty I felt a little lost at 17 working out with all these people I'm like what's the right way are we supposed to be more cardio focused are we supposed to be more weight focused and then I just kind of figured out uh, that everyone needed their own path on it and so that was really cool and I started to focus a lot more on the recovery of it. Uh, that's why I went into massage therapy because I wanted to help people who were kind of overdoing it or to help people reach their goals by complementing their workouts and stuff. Yeah. What was it like to grow up in Fort McMurray? Like, I feel like there would be some obstacles or challenges, but then I may be totally wrong. Like, it might have been the best growing up ever. You know what, um, I think that Fort McMurray gets a pretty bad reputation because of how transient the community was slash maybe is. I think it's calmed down quite a bit. Uh, my entire family is still in Fort McMurray. Like I have three brothers up there. My dad's up there. My stepdad still goes up there for work. My father-in-law still goes up there for work. Um, I loved growing up in Fort McMurray. I mean, at 17 years old, I was managing a gym. I was making really good money. Um, a lot of my friends were making really good money, so we had really good toys. I mean, we snowboarded all winter. We dirt biked all summer. Our snowboarding hill was, looking back now, I realize how blessed we were with like Vista Ridge. It was actually a pretty sweet hill. Um, but if you wanted to be outdoorsy, like you could go for a hike, you could float down the river, you could do so many things that we were like, ah, oh, if only we were close to the mountains or like you're very secluded up there. But if you want to find a good time, like you can. Now, that being said, you hear about a lot of, like, 
drugs and stuff like that, but I've been here since I was, I think I moved here when I was 20 or 21, and I've, you hear about the same things here that you would hear about in Fort McMurray. So it's just what you hear about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's totally all about perspective, because I think mm-hmm. it was something like 12 years ago, I went on a family vacation and we went to Fort McMurray. Yeah. And we checked out the oil sands mm-hmm. and we checked out town. And like, it, it did not seem like what everybody makes it out to be. It seemed like just sort of like a quiet, but busy town. Yeah. Um, like a different vibe than something like Edmonton, because Edmonton just has a big population. Yeah. But I kind of noticed that I just kind of felt like it was in its own sort of bubble, not mm-hmm. in a bad way, but just yeah. that you, you really embrace the feel of being in Fort McMurray. Yeah. Fort McMurray has such like a little big town vibe. Um, Fort McMurray, like it doesn't really have like small towns that surround it the way that Edmonton does. So there are three high schools. So you pretty much know everyone or you know someone who knows someone. So it was, it was kind of cool. Like, you know, if you ended up uh, working for someone, you're like, oh, I know, I know your cousin, I know your brother. Or I think my brother used to hate it when he first started working, like, he worked at McDonald's and be like, oh, are you Jamie's little brother? And he's like, oh. <laughs> um, but even, like, my husband actually grew up in Fort McMurray, too, but we didn't meet until after he'd already lived down here. So, but I still, we still had, like, mutual friends, and we still, like, knew a bunch of people. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know Jordan Reber, or uh, same thing. Like, we would, like, it's just, like, a small, a small big town. There's so many people, but everyone knows each other. So it's kind of, it was kind of cool. I don't, I don't know if it's the same way now. It's been a few years, but... It's kind of how it always felt growing up. I'm even feeling that more and more with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the fitness community is oh, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like the yoga community and the fitness community, like, I've had people like, oh yeah, I've heard about you. I'm like, I really from where? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll kind of I'll run into other trainers that I knew in another part of my life, and mm-hmm. I'll run into just different people that like maybe. I worked with them at like a camp in Sylvan Lake or something and maybe maybe they're not like a fitness professional but they they reconnected with me through like something that I put on an event or something like that or now they're listening to my podcast and it's just yeah. so crazy because there's a lot of people in Edmonton but mm-hmm. then it doesn't feel like there's that many because yeah. it feels like we can go anywhere and run into somebody that we know or somebody that knows somebody that we know. Yeah. I will... say that Leduc is a little bit more so than Edmonton. Um, My, like, my husband did some of his high school in Leduc, and then just being in the business community and then knowing all of his friends in Leduc, it's a little bit more like whenever we go somewhere, we're like, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. In Edmonton, I've, like, I've been at this, like, our Aurora location downtown, we've been open for two and a half years, and it's, it's definitely starting to become more like that, where we get to see people and there's so many cool events and I, I find that the events in Edmonton are just fantastic and you you get that community feel which is it's so it's so lovely yeah yeah Edmonton's it, good at embracing that and supporting each other especially like as a young like young female business owner there's so many of us and everyone like likes to help each other up that I found anyways it's yeah. it's, it's 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 nice well, I kind of believe that uh, what's going on in our head tends to influence what happens towards us mm-hmm. or around us. So 
if if you kind of agree with that, what are what are your ways to kind of keep that solid? Because you're running businesses, you're mm-hmm. in the fitness industry, you're a female. There's all these things that are yeah. kind of working against you, <laughs> and you have to like work really hard at being positive because that's what this industry is all about. Like if we ever yes. lose our positive, we're screwed. Yes, and like I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes it feels like in the moments of weakness where we're not as positive it's almost like people are like what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean you're not happy you have everything and I'm like I am happy I just it's hard yeah it it is it is really hard uh so for myself and to keep up my I guess positive positivity um that's really what brought me back to fitness again like yoga if we were to separate yoga and fitness for the last two and a half years um or I guess the year and a half before uh, I focus mostly on yoga because that's what I do I I teach yoga so that's where my focus should be I should be as flexible as I should be I should be able to do handstands which I still cannot do flipping handstands but um I really focused for the first year and a half of being a business owner on yoga and just honestly just trying to make it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in 2018, um, we definitely went through a few uh, very unfortunate deaths in our family and it really shook me to my core and made me realize like how disconnected I had become from my family, uh, from my friends a little bit. Um, and from anything that wasn't business related. So for my, and I, I'd started to lose some of that, maybe even passion. So I decided late 2018 that I had to take something back for myself. Um, so fitness and like I started running. Uh, one of my really good friends, uh, he, he runs and he does these ex-warrior races and Spartan races. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something like that. Like just something for me, something to encourage me to get back into it. And I found through running and through starting at boot camps and um, just focusing more on the strength and the endurance of fitness as well as yoga kind of brought me back to that high energy, high positivity if I can climb up that hill, then I can climb up a business hill. Like it kind of brought me back into what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, it completely makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I find that in my life, if I really test my physical limits, yeah, then I'm able to find that I don't have as many limitations in my life as I thought that I did. Yeah. Like if, if I can get stronger and whether that be being really strict about my nutrition to make that happen, yeah. then I realize that just like certain uh, like mental, mental tricks or mental habits that I can like actually work on can make me more successful in the pursuits that I have. Yeah. Because like there's, there's always going to be situations where somebody says like, like a physical goal is just not possible or it's not it's not feasible or it's it's not worth like working on Mm -hmm. and that's going to be the same for a mental goal and if you can prove to yourself that you can do it it's just a matter of grit and determination then you're more likely to like achieve it yeah because you like honestly you could probably do anything you just have to really 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 believe it and try yeah yeah I, I have found um, in the last six months or so since kind of taking time for myself and taking time to work on myself, 
Um, and, and I think also because I combine fitness activities like the running or the boot camps or the weight training, like I, I combine that with my friend time. Like, hey, if you want to hang out with me, we are going to do something yeah. fun. Um, but it's really opened my eyes as to like what I, what can happen if you just try. I've never been afraid of trying things in business. I've never been afraid of trying things in yoga because I think I've always been confident in that. But I will say, like with fitness or running, or I've like I've always been like I'd never be able to run 10k. Well, we ran 10k this year for an ex-warrior race and it was minus 23 outside and I was like I'm not going to be able to do this I sat in the parking lot with my friend Sandra um and we were both like how important (laughs) how important is this to us because it's minus 23 outside and I did it and I was super pumped about it um and that right there that when I was like you know sometimes you just have to do things yeah. Even if it's minus 23 outside and you would have never in a million years, especially if I spoke to my 16-year-old self and said, I'm going to do a 10K race in minus 23, I would have been like, no. Mm-mm. But now, like, it, I found if I just try, it's, amaz- it's it's been amazing what I've been capable of doing once I've just given myself the opportunity, the permission to fail, but the opportunity to try. Mm-hmm. What's the failure that's happened to you in business that's been, like, the hardest to have that attitude towards? Like, sometimes people take failure as, like, this is it, this is the end, this is where mm. we draw the line. And sometimes, well, if if they can get themselves out of that state. Yeah. But it's just such a, a challenge. So, so what was the time that was the biggest challenge? So... I know exactly what moment it was. And I remember sitting on the floor of one of my studios with my husband and being like, why, why do I do this? Um, And I think um, the biggest part of that was delusion. (laughs) I, you know, everyone, when you go into business, everyone's like, I'm gonna go into business and I'm gonna work for myself so that I can take vacations when I want, I can do whatever I want when I want, and that is the biggest load of crock. And if and if you want to be a business owner and you think you're just gonna have all of this freedom right off the bat, that is not real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had this thing in my head where it was like, okay, you know, after two years of business, I'll be able to take like a solid vacation, I'm gonna work really hard to this time, and then I'm gonna take a really good vacation and take this time off and go do this adventure that we had planned and like two and a half weeks before when I'm like sitting there and I'm looking at numbers and I'm looking at the reality of it we had to pull out of a trip that we'd been planning for a year and that was like so so hard oh sorry uh that was super challenging um because it it was like well why do I do what I do but when you have 35 people relying on you to pay you know, to have the yoga classes, to have massages, to have two buildings. Um, it, and I mean, it was a little bit of a temper tantrum, like a, huh, I want to be a business owner and I want to go on vacation and I should be allowed. But, uh, that was really hard to be like, you know, after two, two years of, of busting it. And I still didn't feel comfortable leaving my company for two weeks because we just weren't there yet. Yeah. That was, that was really hard. Especially when, you know, the people around you are constantly, you're a business owner, take, take the time off. Do, do like, yeah, it's you, really easy for people to say yeah, that. Yeah. And they're like, well, or, um, like I had to give up ball. Like I used to play ball, uh, once a week and 
people will be like, well, you make your own schedule. Why can't you play? You should still be able to play. And I'm like, well, I don't have anyone to work that night. Yeah. So I actually, that's a night that I have to work. So that, that was, but like, so mostly that big vacation was really hard because we put so much effort into planning it and we were so excited. And then to be like, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't do it. And to pull out on other people who were involved, that was really hard. Yeah. How did the other people involved react to that? Um, they were very disappointed, but they're my family. Yeah. Um, they, they, they understood and it ended up being for the best because one of our, one of the family members that I mentioned before who had passed away, they passed away shortly after we made that decision and their funeral was during that time. So we would have had to not go anyways. Um, but they, they were supportive and they were very disappointed, but they were, they were very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important to have that kind of person in your inner circle. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And you know, I, I can't really complain. Like our family is so like our family and friends are generally very, very good. Um, my, my husband, he's, he's wonderful. He definitely has his moments where he's like, what do you mean you have to work the weekend again? And I'm like, yes, just recently someone broke their ankle or someone broke their wrist. Like yeah. what, what would, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, but in general, people are usually pretty understanding, but yeah. <laughs> totally. So I want to know, how did you and your husband meet? Oh, so that's actually really funny. Um, when I was in high school, I decided to become a massage therapist and I was dating um, a friend of his name, Mitch. And when we would come down, I, I actually had to come down to Edmonton for my massage training. So I had to come down every third weekend. And we would stay at his place, at, at Jordan's house. And so we met Jordan, I met Jordan through Mitch. And you know, me and Mitch didn't date very long. We had a very amicable, amicable breakup. And then a year later, I came down to Edmonton for St. Patrick's Day. I was 18. And Jordan's like, come party with me. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds fun. So we, uh, we started dating after that. And um, we actually only dated for just over a year. And then we broke up. He moved to Fort McMurray. And then we broke up. And then we didn't speak for like two and a half years. And then we became friends for two years. And then uh, actually his friend, Mitch, who uh, I had known in high school, was like, you guys should get back together. Like, you guys are so awesome together. So we did. And then I think like two years later we were engaged and a year later we're married. And now we've been married for almost four years. You need to buy Mitch a beer or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's the real MVP. There you go. Yeah. No, he's awesome. He, uh... He's pretty funny. He likes to take ownership for for that every now and then. That's awesome. <laughs> As he should, yeah. So, like, what what kind of empowered you to think, okay, like, this is kind of the path to go, like, two years hiatus, like, all this time mm-hmm. separate, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this, this seems like a fit. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were so young when we met, um, and I've always been very independent, and so is Jordan. Like we we're on we honestly have to work on making sure that we do stuff together versus like I think, you know, some people have to work on making sure that they maintain their individuality within their relationship, where Jordan and I have always struggled to maintain our cohesiveness with our individuality. Uh, we've had times where we're like, hey, have we even hung out <laughs> in like three months? Um, 
but now uh, we're, we're way better at that. But we, so I think when we were young, we were both just doing our own thing. And then we would get mad, like mad at each other and be like, you don't hang out with me. Or he commuted back and forth and my schedule was slightly different than his. So I would get like, why don't you stay and hang out with me? And you know, we were 18 and very dramatic. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think everybody is. <laughs> yeah, age. I'm like, you don't ever want to hang out with me. Um, so then, yeah, we just called it a quits. We tried to stay friends. It didn't really work. And then I took off to Edmonton. And yeah, we just didn't speak. I stayed friends, though, with his sister, Kelsey, and his mom. Uh, and I would still go and see them. I had no family when I moved here. So I would still go see them and hang out with them. And then a f- he, like we both went into different relationships that um, ended however they ended. And when he was single or he was like just you know free dating, he found out that me and Kelsey were still friends. So he was like, hey, let's go for coffee. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh god and then but you know he was traveling and I was traveling and I was in relationships and he was in relationships and we just yeah like we we tried to date a few times but we were both just like eh we're doing our own thing now yeah so yeah and then when he when he left Fort McMurray and moved home like back to Leduc that's when I was like okay we can give you know this an actual shot I guess I could be in a relationship fine (laughs) I was very anti-relationship when I was young for a while yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's funny. It's neat to hear people's stories because, like, there's no formula no. for how to cultivate a relationship. Mm-hmm. And whether that's, like, a friendship or a marriage or, like, business or anything, there's no set way of doing it. And there's no, I don't know, you just kind of, like, follow what seems right and yeah. kind of put some trust into it to some degree. I think, and you know, Jordan and I have spoken about this before, like I think we always knew um, that we would eventually end up together. We just kind of, we always say like we had to break our hearts and break our lives a little bit before we were ready to appreciate what we had together. Yeah. Um, the two and a half years that we were traveling and hanging out and being friends and like I was friends with his family, like those two and a half years, I think we built something that was super strong as friends. Yeah. Um, I knew all of his stories. He knew all of my stories. We call each other out for those stories all the time. Um, that like, there's no real secrets behind it. Like we, we, we've seen each other be the absolute shittiest human beings we've ever been, and we've seen each other at our best. And because of that, and because I think of our, you know long history and connection we've always been able to be like hey you're being you're being a jerk right now like you're kind of repeating some of those poor habits that you've had when you were in your early 20s kind of thing like we can call each other out for that so that's I think that's cool yeah yeah in my own life I found self-awareness has been like really critical to being able Mm -hmm. to understand somebody else you need to be able to understand yourself first yeah And for you, what's been the best way to learn more about yourself? Hmm. Um, I would say that the the kind of can of self-awareness was cracked open when I went into yoga teacher training. Um, I would say that I was fairly self-aware before then. You know, I traveled and, you know, the cliche of like you find yourself when you're traveling, but I would say that's pretty legit. Um... 
but I would say that the like the true self awareness came when I took my yoga teacher training. You know, you're you're you have to sit in it and you have to really dive deep into feelings and emotions. Um, so that that definitely started it. Um, I do a lot of reading, like self awareness books. I hate calling them self help books; they drive yeah, me crazy. Yeah. Um, so self awareness or self empowerment books. Um, hearing other people's stories, I find that super empowering. Um, and then meditation, like taking time to sit, to ask myself, like when I'm when I'm really angry and being a jerk, like why am I really angry and being a jerk? But the I like listening to podcasts and listening to books. Uh, I really love audible books and reading books, but I really love audible books because I commute between two studios. I just like to get my hands on other people's stories and other people's information. Like, yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, I'm a shitty person when that happens too. (laughs) Well, I mean, even just like uh, making a space for other people's thoughts and other people's worries and other people's experiences Mm -hmm. and just sort of like letting that soak in for a bit. Yeah. And practicing compassion and empathy and seeing ourselves in other people's shoes more more often than what we would normally do yeah i'm also i find um i'm really open to i'm not always open to business feedback Uh, sometimes i'm really challenging on that but to emotional feedback um i i'm very blessed with amazing communities at both studios that are full of individuals who are also working on their self-awareness so for me to be like hey you know this situation happened this is how I felt what do you take from that am I like am I falling into habits am I breaking down in this way or did I make the right decision here um not necessarily looking for someone to tell me what to do but being like as another person in the self-awareness path how do you take this situation what what do you and being in a yoga community especially two yoga communities where you get people who are like they want to talk about that it's awesome it's super cool yeah yeah my my husband we're slowly pulling him out of his shell uh he's a talker and he feels so much and it's awesome but sometimes getting those words across aren't always uh very easy and you know it's your relationship so sometimes i am not always the greatest at giving my uh, emotional intelligence to him either so being able to talk to other people who are on the same path who are like give me the nitty the nitty gritty give me the dark the the dirty like give it to me like I want to hear those thoughts yeah like, yes I love those conversations so good <laughs> I, I completely agree like I have a lot of people that I can really talk about things that are like extremely meaningful yeah not just like shooting the shit about just How's the weather today? Did I you know. like Game of Thrones? Like, actually. However, Game of Thrones is, we shouldn't, it's great. Yeah, it, it was good. <laughs> Sorry, Game of Thrones. Sorry, Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I, I find, especially in the last few years, like, I struggle with small talk more and more. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know about the weather. I want you to tell me, like, how are you? What do you feel? What have you been feeling? Do you feel like you're, you're chasing your goals? Do you feel like you're stuck? Like, where are you in your path? It's a little intense. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the way it's got to be with mm-hmm. some some conversations. Yeah. With that being said, like you probably have some people that are your go-to, like your yeah. your people. If you could list like three to five of them, who would they be? Um, definitely my friend Colton. He's my running partner. 
Um, we, he's great to call. Um, my friend Kate, she actually runs our social media. She's my second go-to person. Um, and I mean, obviously these three to five people would be outside of my husband. Um, I have a group of girls. Um, we did a, a Dream Chasers workshop last September and their names are Michelle, Leona, and then Rachel. And it's, it's so fun to get together because we're all kind of different ages, kind of different stages in our life. And when the four of us get together, it's like these real intense conversations that are so beautiful and everyone gets heard, which I think is fantastic. Um, and then I have, uh, honestly, I could go on forever. I have some of the best clients ever. Alan Lines, Donna Little. I'm sure there's more, but I'm going to stop at those six people <laughs> well it's cool like i look at uh when i think of like wealth or abundance mm-hmm. i think of people yeah and i'm pretty sure there's gonna be someone that thinks this dude is such a ridiculous goof like <laughs> does he ever pay his bills but like honestly if if you have people that are doing things that are incredibly mm-hmm. meaningful to them and they are around you and you get to see them several times a week yeah. Or you get to connect with them, or you get to talk to them for an hour. Yeah, like that—that that is wealth, and that is abundance, because mm-hmm. you find so much more purpose in what you do. Yeah, and like just the the way it works is, if you feel more purpose, then you can deliver more, and in some way, shape, or form, you will probably be successful. Yeah, I think having a community, like as as humans, we are meant to be a part of communities. Um, if you were to ever speak to my friend Kelsey Luce, like I try and convince her to let me have an intentional community on her land all the time because <laughs> I feel like we should have community. That's why I open businesses. That's why I wanted to create beautiful spaces where people can come in and they're like, oh, I made it here. Can I please have a yoga class, have a massage? Please, someone just take care of me because um, I think I think that's important. and watching even people's physical demeanor when they walk into a space of community when they've been so beaten by everything else in their life and then to walk out just like an inch taller because they're like okay i i feel supported and i am ready like that's that's i think that's empowering and that's what we need yeah yeah What's been the most meaningful instance of somebody walking into, let's say, just your life Mm. and as far as like fitness goes? So it could be your studio or it could be a studio that you've walked into and they walked in and then they walked out and it was such a difference that it's just stuck with you. Um, hmm. There, there are so many people that I've had the opportunity to watch transform over the past few years. But my one client slash friend in particular, um, her name is Leona, I'd mentioned her. Um, she she started coming to me oh, like four or five years ago now for massage. And now she comes in, then she started coming in for meditation. She loved, our, she loved our conversations that we had during her massage. A little bit of a chatty massage therapist sometimes. Um, and then so she, then she started coming in for meditation, and she did a meditation workshop. She did her Dream Chasers workshop, which gave her the confidence to start doing yoga once a week, which gave her confidence to start doing yoga twice a week, which gave her confidence now she takes our boot camp classes. 
and she's like on this like beautiful path of like transforming her healthy lifestyle going from what she considers self-love to be maybe with not great food to you know my version of self-love is now I'm going to go take a yoga class Sunday mornings because that's what makes me feel good um and there have been days where she has walked in and uh where you can see that she's tired, that she's had a long week, she's had some, you know, things go on, and then when she leaves, she gives me a hug, and she's like, that is exactly what I needed, and she walks out. And as a business owner, that is how I get paid. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, being a business owner in the first few years is not the most financially uh, paying, right? So, but moments like that, conversations like that, compliments like that, like that, that pays me. Or I have one other. There was a lady who came in to our, it was at our Leduc location as well, actually. But she came in very insecure about taking yoga because of her size. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, here are the classes. You know, like, this is what would work best for you. Like, let's start you here. And when she walked out, she's like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. Not even if it was yoga. It could have been anything. It could have been spin. It could have been whatever. But seeing people come in afraid and then watching them be like i'm gonna be back yeah we just gave you a stepping stone in your life because if you're gonna try this what are you gonna try next it's so I true think that's cool like if you try one new thing you're that much more likely to try all the other new things mm-hmm. and if you're trying these fitness things like it can create a very ambitious person out of someone who thought that they had everything that everything was set and they were good with the status quo. Yeah. That is like my story through and through. Yeah. Like I I was at a point where I thought, okay, yeah, this will do. This will be fine. I probably just uh, settle down and kind of carry float. on with my life. Yeah, yeah, float. Yeah. And then everything changed. And like I, if every year I can be like 20% better than the year before, I'm just going to keep it going. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a lot of people in in fitness or people yeah. that kind of take care of themselves first. Yeah. Because if we're, we're self-aware to kind of know what our values are and what is really important to us and what makes us happy and what makes us feel joy, mm-hmm. then we're more likely to chase us. Chase, yeah. chase it. Yeah. But if we're further from that, we don't know what it is and we don't know what direction to go. One thing that we uh, started talking about, um, I teach a chakra series twice a year, and in one of the classes we we were talking about, I think like shame and guilt in it, but something that I brought up, it just came up organically and now I like never let it go, but it's like what happens when you dedicate a certain amount of time to taking care of yourself in the same capacity that you dedicate to other people? And... Um, now in that setting, it was a lot of moms that I was teaching with. So, I mean, they take care of these little humans all the time, but I think, I think that we, as humans, we're often self-sacrificing. We, you know, give everything to our job. We give everything to our spouse. We give everything to our family, our children, our friends. Like we, there's always something that we slightly overly self-sacrifice for, but what if we just for, just took like. A moment to calculate if you spent X amount of time or X amount of energy focusing that towards yourself only if you dedicated that passion to yourself what can come of it 
and I think when we take time to better ourselves, it allows us to be better to other people. I totally agree. Yeah. Like, I have a friend that I chat with fairly regularly, and every so often he'll be like, dude, just take a nap. And the funny thing is, like, I'm wired to think that, uh, that I can't hold back on my ambition like Mm -hmm. I'm not where I want to be so if I just slowed down then not going to get further yeah but it's so true and like sometimes I might not realize like how much I could benefit from a nap yeah and so I've sort of trusted this friend of mine more and more that when he jumps on Facebook messenger and tells me hey man take a nap like he doesn't know what I did that day at all yeah but he's just like take a nap and then okay I will take a nap (laughs) and then I take a nap and like I give such a much better experience to my clients than Mm -hmm. I would have otherwise conversations that I have with like my friends and my family are that much more meaningful yeah because it's really easy to just listen but it takes so much more effort to like actually understand what they're saying and have something to give back in that conversation Mm -hmm. I've caught myself so many times and I've been sort of critical of myself as an interviewer. There's like little responses that I'll have and I'll be like, makes sense, makes sense, or totally, (laughs) you're awesome. And like, if you reflect back on past episodes, you can call me out on all kinds of little catchphrases that I have. Yeah. And I was talking to one of my friends last night and like, she teases me all the time on like these (laughs) things that I say. And it, it hit me that it bothers me so much that I could be so much of a better listener. And I think it's probably because maybe I'll go into an episode with so much on my mind mm-hmm. that like I want, I truly desire to hear what people are saying and have something that's equal val- equally valuable to give back. Mm-hmm. And then I catch myself slipping. But because I, I have such a desire to make it as meaningful as possible, it bothers me. Yeah. So being, being aware of these things and having people that can, can give you these constructive criticisms coming from a good place mm-hmm. and these little messages that are like, hey, take a nap. Like it's, it's so, so valuable and it just basically goes right around to that whole community thing. Like just having people to lead on and everything like that. And who like watch out for you. Yeah, like yeah. people who are invested in you getting better. Mm-hmm. Not as so much invested in leveraging themselves based on you because mm. mm-hmm. I've <laughs> I've lived a lot of of years where I had people in my life that uh, if we went to like a party or something and I started to, to catch them on it they would uh, put me down to make themselves look better they'd be like oh this is Chris he's shy he doesn't talk much um, super quiet and like granted yeah I can be quiet and shy but that's not how you like introduce or describe someone who means something to you. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody means something to you, you pick out their best quality. You pick out something that gives a person a reason to get to know somebody. Nobody is going to be oh shy and quiet sounds like a hoot. Like that sounds great. <laughs> Let's get to know them. Like you gotta be around people who really like see what's what's sets you apart. Yeah. What makes what makes a person great? Yeah. And you talked about travel, and I'm yeah. intrigued. Where's the coolest place you've traveled to? Um. We. 
I so I would say that the best trip that I ever did I did like almost two months in Thailand in 2012 um, and I went by myself uh, my brother was supposed to go with me and he'd had an accident right before we left so he couldn't go anymore and I went anyways I was on like a like a free and easy 40-day trip and I learned so much about myself um, and because it was like pre like scheduled yeah I went places that I never would have went on my own uh, I remember coming back and everyone being like, oh, did you go to Kopi And I'm like, yeah, I did. But that was like one of my least favorite places. It was still great. The whole trip was great. But there were so many cooler places that I'd never heard of. Uh, there was like one island in particular that had like a very reggae feel. <laughs> it was called Kolipe. And, uh, and I loved it. It was so great. Um, but then uh, just recently in April, uh, well, because we, you know, we've accepted the fact that taking two weeks off away from the company is not a great idea at this time. We're just in so much growth. But um, my cousin was getting married. He, they got engaged on Christmas Eve. And they're like, we're going to Hawaii. And I was like, I could do a five day. I could take five days. I could go for five days. So we just actually went to um, Kauai. And that was, um, I feel like Hawaii is a little underrated, at least in my brain. I never had Hawaii on my, like, places I must go. Because, I mean, it's the States. It's, like, right there. We can go to Hawaii forever. But my cousin, that's where he wanted to get married. And we're like, yeah, okay. It's a cheap flight. We've got it on a seat sale. Why not? And I was blown away at how beautiful. We actually, um, we camped while we were there. And actually, we booked our flights to the wrong island. So we actually slept, <laughs> we slept on a bench outside of an airport the first night because that was too cheap to get a hotel. Yeah. I was like, we're only there for seven hours. I'm not paying for a hotel. Um, but the, the island itself was awesome. The hikes were beautiful. We did a day of surfing. And by we did a day of surfing, I mean we, we tried to surf for a day. <laughs> it's so hard. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but it, I, I feel like in my brain I underrated what Hawaii could could be and it, it blew my expectations. So I think those two might be my favorite trips at the moment. Yeah. I can really relate to that. Like I have a tattoo of Hawaii yeah. on me and it's just like I've been there three times and nice. the very first time was like hands down. Probably like it ties with my trip to Costa Rica but because this trip was honestly we got the flights on a great deal because my friend's sister has worked for WestJet for quite some time. Yep. And we packed all this camping equipment. Nice. And we get there, we rent like a Jeep Wrangler, and we initially thought, okay, we're going to set up a tent, and we only used the tent one night. And other than that, <laughs> like, we were sleeping on beaches. Yeah. We, we slept on like fancy beaches where they have like guards. Yep. So we'd show up at like 11 p.m., and then leave at 4 a.m. so that we would avoid the guards. <laughs> That's so amazing. And it was just like, the way I have always been, I've always been like very straight-laced, straight never do anything wrong. So I was like, oh my gosh, we're like, <laughs> we're going to go to jail. We're sleeping on dirt. And it was just... It was like, it's a U.S. jail, not a Mexican jail. Yeah. So it's a little bit comforting. <laughs> but it was like, it was so crazy. Like, on really nice beaches and even the ones that were not like groomed yeah just like the beaches that were that's just how that beach is mm -hmm. and you can hear waves and there's like crabs crawling all over the sand like that freaks me out but i mean still it's 
nature. It's weird when you can like see the sand kind of move and you're like, am I hallucinating? Oh no, that's just tons of little crabs. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like look up and I'm like, okay, if I look up, then I don't know what's around me, then I'm good. The nice thing is they are definitely more afraid of you. They, yeah, they, they get back in that sand so fast. <laughs> yeah, if you like kind of stomp on the ground around you, it pretty well clears the yeah. area. But it's just so crazy. Like we, well, my friend is Filipino, so we can get like the local deals anywhere that we travel. Yeah. Because if if you're like pasty white like myself, <laughs> you really stand out. Yeah. But if you're of any darker ethnicity at all and you can just really own it with your personality, you can get like the local shopping card everywhere. And so he's yeah. got like all the Hawaii cards in his wallet. So what? whenever he visits I didn't even know Hawaii, that was a thing. That's so yeah. cool. Like you if you can like sell it, yeah. You can get the locals deals. That's so cool. You just, you kind of have to have a phone number on standby. Yeah. Like if they go, oh, well, what's your local number? Oh, uh, here it is. <laughs> but it's, it was just such an experience and it just kind of taught me like that these walls that I put around myself mm-hmm. are just things that I put around myself. Like nobody, I wasn't born with like parameters that I had to stay between. I just kind of made that up. Isn't it, it's, it's so funny how we do that to ourselves. Like putting ourselves in boxes yeah. of like, okay, this is, I'm a fitness instructor now. This is the box that I must live in. Yeah. And it's, it's so silly how we like box ourselves in. It's not even society that does it all the time. It's ourselves and the, the boundaries that we put on ourselves. Well, even just, uh, when something doesn't work out for us, mm-hmm. we're really good at drawing that really dark line in the sand of like, that's just where that ends. Yeah. But it's this not. is what it was meant to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily that that's where it ends. Like, people people can have different scenarios pop up where you could attempt the exact same thing again and then be successful. Yeah. It's just so funny how, like, sort of self-awareness and believing in yourself can mm-hmm. really pay off. And it's just something that I talk about more and more and more because I've learned that when I implement that with my clients... Like, if I invest time into just nurturing them, believing in themselves, and having that self-awareness and self-confidence, their lifts go up. Mm-hmm. And that's gold for a trainer. Yeah. Like, if you're really good with people, and you're trying to develop people, then your people will honestly find more success because they're seeing more in themselves. Mm-hmm. Versus if you are just working on, like, writing things down on a list, and it's got all this science background to it and it's been tried tested and true for many other people and it just works unless your delivery is right for this person it might not be as effective as what you would think it would be and do you find like I find I do this to my not as bad in my first year of business I used to take every I don't know if I want to use the word failure but every kind of idea or thought that didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, I took it as like a personal defeat. And do you, now I take it as, well, we maybe didn't market that properly or it wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right audience. And we start analyzing it a little bit more. So it's not, it's not my idea or my fault that that workshop didn't run. It was more maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe the delivery wasn't effective versus taking it on like, oh, I, I sucked at that. Like, do you find that for yourself? Like, as you grow in your fitness training, I'm totally turning this on you. <laughs> no, no, this is good. I like this because it's, 
is good to really like dive into that yeah. stuff. Um, for myself and a few scenarios are like, I've tried lots of things. Like I've tried lots of different events and planned for 30 people, had like six people, mm-hmm. thought that I'd get a whole bunch of people coming to boot camps and had like two people. And it's just, that's part of that process. And I'm really good at accepting that. Mm-hmm. But then I've had things that were just like the biggest goal I could ever focus on. Like the the one like if if I don't achieve it, it kind of seems like the whole world is going to end. Mm-hmm. And that is tough to navigate. Yeah. Like when, when that thing just stops, like when it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But I've learned to understand myself more and more through these instances. Like the number of gyms that I applied to when I wanted to be a trainer, like oh, there was a lot. Yeah. And there's it's been gratifying because... There's gyms that I applied to that uh, tried to recruit me on LinkedIn. And I'm like, um, well, now I'm in the industry and I run my own business, so it's just not not the right fit for me at this time. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it's just uh, I feel like I'll run into failure and it'll be really, really tough. But as I get to know myself better and better and surround myself with people who reinforce that, mm-hmm. it's really something that almost foreshadows growth ahead. Yeah. Like when something really, really stings, mm-hmm. then I'm like, all right, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm like, watch out because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to come up with, but it's going to be good. Yeah, I found uh, for myself one tool that really helped me is I, I switched up my content on social media a lot to like a lot of like other business pages and you know people that I admire role models that I find and I there's like there's so many constant threads but there's always like the thread of you know failure leads to greatness or you know you have to fail in order to grow better or and like you know all of those cliche things but I was like okay like switching up the content to be like okay this is normal (laughs) this isn't against me this is just this is a part of the process of growing. I'm going to be better for this. Well, I think about, uh, well, it's people's go-to inspirational people out there. And why are they inspirational? Why yeah. is Oprah inspirational? Mm-hmm. Why is Dwayne The Rock Johnson inspirational? Like, the dude went to, like, a training camp at for the CFL at Calgary. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he didn't make it. Yeah. Now look at him. Like... He could have drawn that line in the sand and be like, show's over, time to go home and have some potato chips. If he would have based his, you know, future acting career on the Scorpion King, he could have drawn the line right there and be like, no, I'm not good at this. Actually, my husband's uh, just started watching Ballers, like, in the last two days, because we had HBO for Game of Thrones, so he's like, hmm, I always hear about this. And, like, the first season, I'm like... You're still figuring out your groove there. Hey, Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> but he, and he gets really good eventually. But yeah, it's... I love... There's like... You always see these posts that go around where it's like, where was Michael Jordan at 20? Where was Oprah? At, like And like showing like all of their failures about how, you know, she got cut from whatever thing or Michael Jordan didn't make his high school f- basketball team. like, And I'm like, yeah, see? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly what you're saying. Like if we just drew the line at well I'm not good at that and then never go past it like that that would limit us for sure totally and um with uh one example that sort of stands out to me is like JK Rowling oh 
Yes. Like, to think of where she was at in her life when she started to write, mm-hmm. and she just kept writing and writing, and then, like, the Harry Potter books. Like, I'm a big Harry Potter Me fan. Me too. And when you kind of, like, really identify or analyze that message that's given out, like, taking all the magic aside, because I know some people, they didn't get into it because of that magic thing, but, like, the theme or the the overarching, like, message... Yep is essentially that like love wins mm-hmm. and she she put so much into that and made such a big impact when if she had drawn that line in the sand or like said like this is the end that would have not happened mm-hmm. so it's we we always need to find it in ourselves to kind of like keep pushing forward mm-hmm. and keep finding like what's that next level because things are going to be really tough and that line in the sand is going to seem really concise and very clear and blunt mm-hmm. and like smack us in the face yeah but we always need to find that next level there's a quote that i love that says uh i'm not breaking down i'm breaking through and i like, I, like that. love that i'm like gonna write it on my mirror in my bathroom because i have found like in those moments of especially in business like those like what am i gonna do what's the next step it's usually when kind of like what you said it's like something good's coming like something fantastic is going to come from this and that's yeah I, I usually find it's like those those failures that push us to be like well what can we do from here yeah and it's it's usually something super cool <laughs> yeah absolutely i agree um you talked about audible books yeah what's your favorite one hmm. what's one that kind of stands out to you in the last six months so um i actually so i have three so i just just like three days ago i think just finished um the execution factor by kim perel um that book it talks a lot about like um how to execute sometimes i'm really bad at follow through (laughs) um but it talks about like what drives you like are you driven by passion are you driven by relationships are you driven by action um and then the good and bad of that she actually has like a test on her website that like totally makes sense uh so that one was really good um the other one is by rachel hollis girl stop apologizing yeah it's her second book girl stop apologizing she has another one girl wash your face but girl stop apologizing i felt resonated with me more she talks a lot more about business uh i thought that one was fantastic i really connected with that one and then there's another one he's he's a bit of a he's very intense um but uh it's grant cordon or cordon i actually don't know how to say his last name but he wrote uh 10x and he that book just found me at the right time in september when i was coming out of you know a little bit of a lower like what am i gonna do state and his Essentially, his message is you need to be doing 10 times more than you think that you should be doing to succeed. And now that sounds daunting and scary, um, but I actually, I was like, yeah, you know what? If I want to be a business owner and if I want to do this and I want to do that, I actually need to put some action into it. I need to get up early. I need to start working out if that's what makes me feel more high energy. I need to do these things that put me in the right path. And it's changed uh I think it's made me a bit, a bit like that book I think made me a better business owner yeah I like it that's good and it's just so important to like have things that that promote growth mm-hmm. and kind of help us with with our reflection because if if we're just kind of in a quiet room like thinking to ourselves mm-hmm. that gets stag- stagnant over time well and I feel like there's two big messages that are especially being in a yoga community that I get it's either from the business community it's like 
you're doing good, build, grow, go, go, go. And then from the yoga community, it's like, calm down, settle down a bit, yeah. <laughs> chill out, find your balance. Um, so I, I struggled with that, especially like in the beginning of 2018, when we were going through like our family stuff where I was like, so should I, should I be go, 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 or should I be calming down? Like, I'd, I don't know which one to go here. So finding a pretend work-life balance was really challenging. But then, so reading that 10X book where it was like, this is like, if you want to succeed as a business owner, these are the things that you got to do. You got to work hard. You got to work harder than the person next to you. I was like, yes, you're validating my psychotic <laughs> work, work, work mentality. Someone is finally telling me that I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a lot of people will be able to relate to that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that those are my three books that will probably always be on my phone that I will always go back to in my moments of like, what do I need to do? What? I like that. Yeah. I have like, the thing I like about Audible, and I wish they would sponsor this. This would be great. I but know. Anyways. Come on, Audible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they, they keep like the books that you've read and yeah. you can reference them. And there's tons that I've read. I've reflected on and there's tons that have helped me in like extremely pivotal points like there's books that I read or listened to up to the point where I just like up and quit my job yeah and like that was that must have been some book because that's a pretty (laughs) crazy thing to do and what book was that um I know that the leader who had no title was one of them okay I really enjoy the Brendan Burchard books and Robin Sharma books. Like oh, yeah. Those, those are ones that I really like. The 5 a.m. Club, um, again, validated my crazy 4.30 a.m. wake up. <laughs> yeah, it, it validates like, me having a really, a really soft spot in my heart for, like, really early spin classes or yeah. just starting the day early. Yeah. No, I, I like... The whole, like, way that he writes that book, though, is a little strange to me, but... It's, it's <laughs> easier for me to consume... Because it kind of yeah. makes me feel like I'm in it more than being preached to. Yeah. I think that's why, especially with Audible, I like to listen. Like, I like to listen to the self-awareness books or business books. I have, like, a little, like, quota that I do. I'm like, one self-awareness, one business, and then one fun. <laughs> I like it. And, uh, but I, like, I commute. I live outside of Leduc. I have a 45-minute commute into this location three times a week. When I run, I listen to books. When I... I'm going to pretend that I pick up my dog poop and I don't, but when I pretend to pick up my dog poop, really, I'm just like looking at my tortoise in the yard. Um, I'm listening to audiobooks. Like it's that fueling the content. Like if you're constantly feeding yourself the content that goes along with your purpose or your goals, it's going to get, it's going to help you get there. It's going to keep you motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even for the podcast, like I listened this weekend, I listened to nine episodes of the Oprah podcast because nice. I, I had to drive to Lloyd Minster and back for like a little side job yeah. and it's just I listen to other people's stuff to make me better at my stuff yeah you have to totally yeah so the last question that I'm going to segue towards okay is something that I ask all of my guests and okay. you might have heard it before if you could give one piece of advice on how to authentically live your life to the fullest hmm. what would that piece of advice be uh Hmm. just go for it I guess I'm sure that's a slogan for some like fitness company somewhere I guess like Nike's just do it but mine would be like just go for it like I I think that too many people get caught up in the what could happens what should happens what might happens that they don't give themselves the opportunity to just see what will happen um 
you know, I found this location. We're sitting in my downtown location right now. Uh, I literally found it two weeks before we signed the papers. My Leduc location, I found out about it a month before we signed the papers. Um, there are times where opportunity is begging and knocking at our doors and we are too blinded by, well, what could, what, what could happen? What will happen? What might happen? Um, where I think sometimes you just need to let opportunity in and just go for it and see what happens. Sometimes we may fail. Sometimes we'll succeed and really cool things come out of it. And sometimes when we fail, it's just bringing us to a new opportunity. So too many people though, I think are stifled by their own fears. So if we just set those aside or move with our fears, I think we just go for it. We just embrace it and we just see what happens. I think that that's a pretty fun life. I agree. That's yeah. kind of, if I could lead, lead my life that way, I totally would. Yeah. I definitely strive to. That was great advice, and it's been a good chat. Yeah, thank you so much. You this bet. is awesome. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Yeah. And being part of the legacy. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good podcast. I love listening to it. Thank you. No problem. I gotta say, these intros and outros are tricky. Like, what do I say? What do I talk about? First of all, I need to send an invoice to uh, Audible because I don't know what my rate for advertising is, but I advertise the crap out of them. Like, somebody listening to this probably just got an Audible book and I'm just here sitting chatting away. Anyways, I digress. If you enjoyed this episode... It's always really cool to hear from people who listen to it and maybe hear what they liked about it or what stood out. So if you feel brave and bold and you like social media or you have an email address, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Christian Little or you can uh, creep me on Facebook, Chris Little. Please don't creep, just add as a friend, whatever you got to do. Um, I mean, creeper's going to creep, right? But just, you know, stop it. At the interweb, you can find me via my email address, chris at invigoratetraining.com. Um, I bet if you Googled me, you could find some way to find me, but I can't guarantee it because you'll find lots of cricket players too. Anyways, I'm rambling. Thanks for the support. It means a lot. I put a lot of time and heart and energy and effort into this. So when, when somebody listens to a podcast, even if it's like one person, like that, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you. And I hope that you look forward to the next episode. It's coming up real quick. It'll be out in like four days. So we're just pumping them out this week. Thanks for the support and have a good day.